Hi everyone, Chase here. Just wanted to kind of pop in here at the beginning and say that this episode had some massive technical issues uh, while recording as well as while editing. It seemed to be that the USB microphones that Katie and I were using to record this episode would disconnect, so it caused a bunch of issues, and even while you're listening to this episode, there might be a few times where one mic uh, might cut out, uh, specifically my mic might cut out, but it's only for a brief second. So there are some issues in this episode, but I tried to iron out some to make a smoother listening experience for you all. There are also some issues at the very end where Katie and I completely cut out. We just want to apologize. We try to give you the best podcast we possibly can. Just it seemed to be that there were some issues that were hindering us this week. However, this is still a full episode of Talking Tolkien, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome back to Talking Tolkien. Today we are discussing Chapter 4 of Book 2 of the Two Towers of Herbs and Stewed Rabbits. Now hopefully you're familiar with our show in which I started off. Katie gives us today in Middle-earth and the Elvish Word of the Day and Chase tells us what happened last week. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. Alright, well today is a day in April. It is Thursday the 14th. So Katie, you want to take it away on today in Middle-earth? Yes, so April 14th. Um, actually, not a whole heck of a lot was happening on this day, um, but just for funsies, let's talk about this past week. So on the 8th last week, um, the ring bearers are honored on the field of Cormalin, and again, you don't know what that means yet, but you will in due time. Um, you, I say to anyone who ha- hasn't finished the book, and I'm uh, pointing at Chase right now. <laughs> Um, uh, that didn't help anything. <laughs> I tried to take off my headphones, but I realized you're in the same room as me. I, I'm in the same room as you. I'm, I, I would tell you if it was a thing, something you shouldn't listen to. Um, okay. Also, uh, remember back in The Hobbit, uh, interestingly enough, on the 10th, again last week, Gandalf and Bilbo were kind of making their way home at the end of The Hobbit. So those are just some things that happened this past week in Middle Earth. I'll tell you something that happened in Tolkien history for tomorrow. It would be my birthday. <laughs> I don't know why I was wording it like that. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow in Middle Earth is Chase's birthday. birthday yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what would that be in, in, in Shire Reckoning? Oh, gosh, I don't know. You don't know? Shire, do I, I, would have to, I would have to sit down with that for a little while. <laughs> Translation of 1989 to whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Anything else? Elvish word of the for, day. For, right? for this day? Well, I'm, I'm. yeah, I'll move on to Elvish word of the day now. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what I was implying. Oh, well, I thought you were going to lead me into that. Hold All on. Right. Are we okay? Oh, no. Is, I mean, is tomorrow like is tax day. Tomorrow is Chase's birthday. Is like here. Are we okay? <laughs> no, I just... Tomorrow is Chase's birthday. Everybody wish Chase a happy birthday. I just did pretty much. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I said tomorrow is Chase's birthday. and it's Okay. Like a, happy birthday, Chase. There's like a carbon monoxide leak in here. <laughs> no, it's just John is not doing his job of being all <laughs> Mr. Schedule. Um, Sorry, I forgot to open my calendar. It's like it's almost like we record before. This isn't a live show. Anyway, moving right along to Elvish word of the day. 
the day that I chose this, the day that I chose, the word that I chose this week uh, is, don't laugh at me. The day that I chose is Tuesday, everybody. Enjoy Tuesday. The word that I have chosen for Elvish Word of the Week is Guador. And Guador is the Cinderin word for brother. Now, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, however, it's especially used not for really like brothers by blood, but for brothers that are sort of your sworn brothers or your associates. So it's like higher level friends kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Chase is my Guador from another Mador. <laughs> I don't know about the second half of that statement, but. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good. Chase, you want to remind us what happened in last week's reading? Okay. So today, so not today. I don't do today in Middle Earth. I'm sorry. You do previously. <laughs> previously. Previously. It wasn't the marshes. That was two weeks ago. Oh, yes. That's right. Frodo and Sam. Reached the black gate, they reached mortar, and the book ended. We're over, right? We're done. <laughs> the end of the journey, correct? Oh, no. oh, you sweet summer no, no, child. No, 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 no. Frodo no. found a tiny little crack in the ground, just assumed it was the crack of doom, deposited the ring, and walked away. Shrug, drop, shrug. No. They got to the black gate and realized it was too heavily guarded for them to get through, and Gollum was like, well, I have other ways of getting around. They're like, why didn't you say that? And it's like, well, we're being literal. <laughs> you told me to get to Black Gate. Here's the Black Gate. Didn't you tell didn't you ask. Get into it. Yeah. So then they decide to rest, and they see some dudes coming in, and that's it. <laughs> All right. So where we meet them this week is they are kind of making their way to this other pass, Kirith Ungal, which is by Minas Morgul, which is kind of contextually related, but. Th- I actually found the map really important and helpful for this. It's kind of, they have to go west and then they have to go south. So mm-hmm. they're kind of in the process of making their way around the border of Mordor. Wait, border of Mordor. I did not the, do that intentionally. The, the border of Mordor. <laughs> yes. That was that was nice. Yeah, and they, they're kind of, you know, now moving away, which is, I, I feel like that's such a, like, a disappointment you know, because again, you know, they 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 got to basically to the black gate last we left them, and they're basically there. But again, there's no way to get in, and now you have to walk away, like you're backtracking farther away from from your end goal. You can just it's like it's like when you're on vacation and you go somewhere you're really excited to go, but you didn't look up the hours, and they're actually closed on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened to our dear heroes. Um. And yeah, so, however, happily enough, as we are, you know, kind of backtracking uh, along this road, or actually slightly off of this road, because again, traveling on the open road, not not necessarily the safest thing to do, um, instead of being this desolate and barren and yucky place that they had, you know, gotten so far into, the land is now becoming a lot nicer and greener and fragrant and um you know things are growing and this is a much a much nicer hobbit habitat ha 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 uh habitat <laughs> habitat spring has uh, uh, i think there was a section that so that spring had started to come like had, had shown up here and yeah. to be fair 
this section is in March. Mm-hmm. So in some areas, and this this is, I guess, imagining. I'm I'm having to look at a map because I'm I have. That's not a map. Well, the land that they're coming into is, uh, it was once called Ithilien. Yes. So is, are you finding it? It's right there, Can right? Can you see it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is basically, they're basically in the very, 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 very southern aspect of Rohan leading into Gondor. So at this point, it says that they're kind of, it, with what Katie was saying, how the foliage is is nice. Uh, it says, you know, it was nice to be in a land that has been under the spell of the Dark Lord for only a few years rather than a few hundred, few thousand. Um, so it says that the road that they're following had been made in a lost time and for perhaps uh, 30 miles below the Moronon, it had been newly repaired. But as it went south, the world encroached upon upon it. The handiwork of men of old could still be seen in its straight, sure flight and level course. Now and again, it cut its way through hillside slopes or leaped over a stream upon a wide, shapely arch of enduring masonry. So again, we get this nice, yeah, like remnants, ruins of the old, old world. Yeah, I was just going to say kind of more history or more examples of archaeology in Tolkien. Yeah, exactly. Um. And uh, yeah, I was. That's a, a note that I had. This, there's, I mean, that that whole description of sort of the state of decay of this road, but at the same time that um, uh, the like the path that it led them on was very straight, like it didn't wind or anything. Um. And uh, so yeah, after you know several several days of walking along this, or at least near to this road, um, they have come to this place once known as Athelion. And there's woods there and streams and things are growing and it smells like herbs and fresh things. But, 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 but. However. But mm-hmm. there are still remnants yeah. of orc infestation, one could say. Yeah, you can, like, there there are kind of like patches of, like, festering, I think, was a word that was used, something. I don't know. And uh, Sam had come across. Yeah. It was, it was okay. They had not come very far from the road, and yet even in so short a space, they had seen scars of the old wars and the newer wounds made by the orcs and other foul servants of the Dark Lord. A pit of uncovered filth and refuse, trees hewn down wantonly and left to die, with evil runes or the fell sign of the eye cut in rude strokes on their back. Yeah. So there's signs here and there of, again, how this land has is kind of starting to fall under the dominion of of the enemy but it seems like orcs keep getting shifted around mm-hmm. and they're not like focused in on like one area for very long and that's why this has not been affected too much and it's so close to mordor mm-hmm. well and one one note i liked is it said that basically when they were leaving uh the black gate they did so in the middle of the night and there were no basically signs of inhabitants at all except one of the two towers of the teeth that we discussed last week those two towers on either side of the pass which originally were built by men long ago you know there was a a watch fire in one of them uh and it's said you know like as they got farther and farther away they felt like the eye was like watching them and eventually they just got to this point where they kind of were no longer within that, that gaze had kind of receded um, 
And of course, also, uh, so, you know, we're, we're coming into this more pleasant area for our, our, our dear hobbits. But at the same time, poor, poor Gollum, poor Smeagol uh, is like coughing and spluttering and not necessarily enjoying this place as much. <laughs> um, it's like literally fresh air is going to set him on fire. <laughs> it's at that point. It burns. Um, but yeah, the... <laughs> You know, and they, they could come to a stream and get to, you know, have a nice long drink and actually bathe, which is probably a really nice feeling. Yeah, they were covering all sorts of hobbit funk. Mm-hmm. And, and so now we're in this nice place and, and, you know, Sam again is feeling concerned about their food situation because, you know, what is it? I don't know, like six days ago, he had kind of assessed the amount of uh, Lembus cakes that they had left over and decided they have three weeks worth. Yes. And, uh, and, and so now, of course, that's, you know, that was six days ago now, and that's not taking into account that they're having to backtrack now and extend their journey a little longer. And Sam is still of the persuasion that they're getting out of this alive. <laughs> He's still trying to count. For well, that. and I wanted to, I wanted to address that because three weeks, like, it's not mm-hmm. a lot of time. Because there were, you know, chapters in the Fellowship of the Ring where it's like, oh, they wandered for two or three weeks before they mm-hmm. came to this pass. So we're going, we're getting kind of this greater um, magnification of time. You know, there's a lot of compression of time when we first started off. I mean, we had a chapter that encompassed 17 years in Fellowship mm-hmm. of the Ring. So I find it really interesting how the narrative is kind of like zooming in more and more and more as we go along. Yeah, I... I based upon the this week in middle or this this week in middle earth i had started to kind of like notice that as well mm-hmm. how things were getting more just focused to the point where i was even reading this chapter thinking well if if it was referencing the situation where gandalf and saruman were talking in the last chapter and then like the next day gandalf and pippin set off towards gondor we're like way past that now because it's been several days. So I was thinking about that as like, so the events that could hypothetically be happening in Return of the King could already be happening. This is under my assumption that the rest of this book is just Sam and Frodo. Yes. Which I I feel like I'm safe in making that assumption. So the I feel like events that are going to be in Return of the King are currently happening at this time we're reading this book. Well, and the reason why we have this huge magnification of time, again, with this storyline that we're following in this second half of The Two Towers with Sam and Frodo, is that really what we're focusing on mostly, and as we've seen so far, is this like inner turmoil and, and um, really deep kind of introspective... You know, it's 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 in vast contrast to the huge, you know, grandiose battle that we had in the in, in the last book. This is all kind of deep emotional turmoil that's going on now, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely under a magnifying glass and uh, looking very closely at a, a shorter amount of time. But that deep emotional turmoil begins and ends with man we need to eat something we yes exactly so sam goes we up are to, hobbits and sam goes up to golem and asks him can you actually before we get any further i do want to kind of attach a discussion point to this and the difference between books three and four or books one and two um of the two towers just something to be thinking about as we're reading that we can discuss in our last two towers episode is why are the books in this order yes 
that's something that you I know, would like to discuss too. <laughs> when we get to the end of it. Oh, well, okay, okay. <laughs> I was about to say like now. It, no, no. It's it's something. <laughs> no, to be no, no. About. As I, as we're reading, this is something I, to keep in mind. I have so. kind of an answer, but no. Let's not even go get into that now. Then. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll be very interested once once we finish the two towers. Um, but yeah. But y- yes, Sam. Sam will be Sam, and that means he has food on the mind. <laughs> How I mean, however, they they do deserve to get something that's not lambus bread over and over again because I can imagine that lambs bread isn't. It's like that stuff that Tree Beard was giving Mary and Pip and I. You know, it's only <laughs> well, so far that stuff can go before you're like. Yeah, Come on. and they had remarked on it before, you know, like the, the first couple bites of, of Lambus bread that they had had when they were originally given, it was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And, and again, you know, it sustains you. But at the same time, even even your favorite food, if you were to eat it every day and nothing but that, you would get tired of it. And these poor hobbits wants and Sam wants an actual meal that he could get, you know, uh, at, at an inn. <laughs> yes. Um, and And here we are in an area where we could go hunting and find food. And so, yeah, calls, calls up his, his buddy Gollum. <laughs> Please go and get us something. Cause yep. you're going to go out and get something anyway. Yeah. And just make sure it's something fit for a hobbit is pretty much the only, right. <laughs> the only real, like he has to make that little addendum because again, like, you know, hobbits eat differently than, than golem creatures do. Yeah, he comes up with just like more You know, I mean the fish would be fine, but it's like the worms. I was thinking <laughs> of. Um so again, I, I wanna point out here that our hobbits really have to rely on Gollum in this in this situation. Um our our heroes are not these kind of typical epic heroes you know out in this wild habitat um they're not used to they're not used to living this way well and it (laughs) seems like golem doesn't even really necessarily need to rest like they do Mm -hmm. which i've noticed this that he seems just kind of go and go and go and they have to stop rest because frodo proves when they stop at the spot just passes out passes out Yeah. yeah um of course, Frodo is carrying a fairly heavy burden. He is. Yep. Yes, that's that's true. And and yeah, so you know, while Gollum is off hunting, uh, and Frodo has kind of just passed out where they are, and Sam watches Frodo sleeping, and does take note of the age that he can see in Frodo's face and the the lines, um, and it's it's there's this a, a really great passage where the narrator is kind of very eloquent eloquently describing the age and the light that sam could see within frodo and the wisdom that he could see within him uh, and he's remembering back to how he looked at in, in rivendell and kind of comparing that to now but noting age on his face and then it's this note of where you know like sam himself couldn't have said this uh, as eloquently but that's basically what what he was getting at um and then, of course, also at this time, Sam is really acknowledging this deep love and admiration that he has for Frodo as well. Um, so for me, this was uh, another moment to that, that, that Tolkien has used to show us the kind of people that are our, our heroes. Because again, our heroes are hobbits. They're 
small and quote-unquote insignificant, although of course we know not insignificant, um, and that they're not these great rugged, you know, outdoorsy people who can who can survive on their own. They're not that kind of epic hero. Our heroes, however, value loyalty and selflessness and friendship to such a huge degree, which I think is something that Tolkien finds so important. And this is another moment where we see that um, with with um, Sam's love and admiration for Frodo. And I think that's got something to do with also another added aspect to this section of the book is the uh, they seem closer to mortality mm-hmm. than they had been prior. So I feel like that's some element of it coming up. Mm-hmm. So like a hobbit <laughs> does, Sam goes immediately from thinking about how great <laughs> Mr. Frodo is to how great Fresh Rabbit will be. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what Gollum ends up bringing is two little yeah. So I love rabbits. I loved this bit because it says Sam, choice. however, had no objection to rabbit at all and said so. At least not to cooked rabbits. All hobbits, of course, can cook for they begin to learn the art before their letters, which many never reach. But mm-hmm. Sam was a good cook, even by Hobbit I reckoning, and he had done a much. good deal of the camp cooking <laughs> on their travels when there was a chance. And talks about how he still hopefully carries around yeah. his cookware just if he gets the opportunity to. Yeah. Just in case they actually come by some food that he could prepare. And if someone goes back into the podcast history, I said something uh, about that, about why is he keeping that stuff around, and I realized. Just for this such yeah, an occasion. Just for this moment, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, I and again, that's another detail about Hobbits that's so, so great that, you know, like, uh, preparation of food is a skill that's learned from a very young age. And it's so important. I think we could all agree that mm-hmm. now, <laughs> that, now that, that's a bit of Hobbit culture that I take very seriously. And, and Sam says to Gollum now, okay, can you get me some water in mm-hmm. these pans? Give me some water in these pans. And Gollum is like, what you? You're crazy. Why do you need it? You already washed up. <laughs> okay. So, and how Sam puts it is cause Sam, cause Gollum's acting all weird about this. <laughs> how the lamb is bread chokes you. If I eat this raw rabbit, I would choke. <laughs> like, yeah, it's but when well, when Gollum comes back, it's not just the idea of cooking that he gets offended by; it's the fact that Sam lit a fire. Yeah, um, and yeah, he I, I liked uh, he that the Gollum's phrasing. I really liked the way the the sort of um, uh, circumlocution is that the word that Gollum does sometimes, like you know, saying the yellow face. Uh, for the sun, and he says he shouldn't make the nasty red tongues. Yes, yes. It, took, it actually took me a minute. I thought he was talking about the rabbits. Yeah, nope. He was talking <laughs> about fire. <laughs> because one, you're ruining delicious raw meat, and two, smoke can attract yeah. unwanted it, visitors. And so Sam is like, no, I'm good with this. I will make sure the fire doesn't smoke. The, In fact, what's going to make it smoke now is if we use this water to right. put it out. Um. And of course, you know, yeah, Gollum definitely objects to cooking the rabbits. You know, said they are young, they are tender, they are nice, uh, and you should eat them raw. Uh, <laughs> but um, and any so there's this great you know dialogue between Sam and Gollum, and it's basically like a "you have yours and I'll have mine" kind of thing, you know. Um, but if you want to do me a solid, Gollum, go get me some herbs. Yeah, and, and potatoes. He said, "Yeah, or it, taters. if if it was time for them, I'd love some taters." 
Um, and then we have this great bit of, you know, Gollum, first off, is kind of stubborn and doesn't want to go back out once again to get herbs. And then says, what's taters? And we have this great potatoes from Sam. Potatoes. Um, that gives us that wonderful... <laughs> boil them mash them stick them in a stew from the 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 film (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man it's weird looking like a decade ago and seeing what we were so obsessed with yeah that's true (laughs) um but yeah golem completely refuses yeah he has nothing to do with this sam ends up gathering the herbs himself and also he makes a reference to fish and chips and golems like you can oh yeah 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 but you can keep your nasty chips yeah keep your nasty chips and again with the whole like offended of 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 the of the fried fish like you know golem why would you spoil a perfectly good fish by frying it um well again to each his own but (laughs) so sam manages to find everything he needs on his own and he makes the stew it doesn't take him i mean it takes him a few hours Mm mm-hmm but he wakes up Frodo with that stew, mm-hmm. and they sit and eat, and it's like the first like real meal they've had in a while, and yeah. it's, it's it's nice. Yeah, and it yeah, and they're just kind of eating it straight out of the the pots that Sam make made it in. They um, even offer some to Gollum, and Gollum's still like, no, 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 no not no, having no, that. No, no. Um, and of course Frodo. Well, but when when yeah, I was gonna say when Sam wakes Frodo up, Frodo is like, why haven't you been resting, Sam? Yeah. Um, and then he he also is concerned about the fire in the open, this kind of open field that they're in, too. Um, Seems to like, I got it. It's okay. Yeah. And also, you know, Gollum has kind of slipped off and um, Sam kind of wonders, where, where did Gollum go? Um, so anyway, you know, they eat their nice meal that Sam has prepared and, of course, and, and enjoy it. Um, much more substantial food than they've had in, in in quite a while and sam has gone off to wash his dishes and now hears um a whistle and here he, hears a whistle off in the distance and thinks that is that a bird what yeah i love it he looks up and is like oh there's some smoke over there yep wait that's our camp <laughs> like oh just... no that's my cooking fire oh i messed oh i messed up oh <laughs> exactly um and yeah, if he scrambles back to 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 their little fire pit, and the hobbits hide, um, and they now are hearing voices uh, nearby, and then pretty soon they see four men. Yeah, not orcs, which I was kind of concerned with. I thought I was going to be that at first, mm-hmm. but then everything before then, I don't think orcs use whistles. Yeah, have you ever heard an orc whistle? <laughs> well, I've never heard an orc anything, period. <laughs> so uh, th- there'd be that, you know. What are you talking about? I, I run right. into them all the time, um, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, they, so, you know, the, these men come in into this clearing and they've got spears and bows and they're kind of wearing dark greens and browns and have kind of uh, mask covering most most of their faces except for their eyes they can see kind of their gleaming eyes and the hobbits jump up immediately because they realize well there's no well, hiding now yeah and these these guys look fine for the mm-hmm. most part and they murder them no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> the, the but yeah they're totally fine and they're just kind of like freaked out by seeing again people out here not used to seeing their kind at all mm-hmm. so they're already f- freaked out by that but 
So the men are like, you know, we haven't found what we're looking for. And they're not orcs either. And one of them is like, they're elves? <laughs> and there's like, no, they're not no, elves. No, no. <laughs> uh, and. But no, it's actually, it's great because it's elves do not walk in Athelion in these days. And elves are wondrous fair to look upon or so to say. <laughs> Meaning we're not. I yeah. Think, Sam, thank you kind of love that. And when you finish discussing us, perhaps you'll say who you are and why you can't let two tired travelers rest. Yeah. And so then we get uh, one of the men who was kind of the, the who seems to be their leader speaks up and identifies himself as Faramir, the captain of Gondor. And uh, then, of course, you know, and Faramir is, is, again, still trying to figure out who these travelers are, since really the, the, there aren't travelers here, only really servants of Mordor or of Isengard, and neither of those is, is, is really allowed. Um and and then asks about the third in their company. We don't know where he went. And yeah, and Frodo kind of explains a little bit about Gollum. Says you know he's just kind of a companion by chance, and uh, we don't know where he is though. But if you do come across him, spare him because he's uh, helping me out a bit. <laughs> um, and then Frodo identifies them as as hobbits, and tells them a bit about their journey so far. That you know they had. They've come from Rivendell. They lost one of their. They they originally had seven others with them. Lost one of their company in Moria. Um, there was then they left the rest of the others at Parthgallen. There were two hobbits, a dwarf, an elf, and two men: Aragorn and Boromir, who was from Minas Tirith. And they all pip 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 Sorry, they they. I don't know what word I was trying to say right there, but they kind of. They they perk up. They perk up That's what I at mention say, of I guess. Yeah, yeah, they perk up at the mention of Boromir, especially. Sorry. Yep. I... Yep. Yep. What's his Faramir? Faramir. Okay, yes. Good. All right. I was about to. Good for you. I was doing a. I was shooting for the outfield with that one. Um... <laughs> and then Frodo is like, none of them really kind of fully trust each yeah. other's stories, and so Frodo is like, "Yes, if you're familiar with Boromir, you'll this know this verse." this kind of secret mm-hmm. rhyme. Yeah. yeah and, re- and so it's, you know, if you remember, it's seek for the sword that was broken in Imladris at Dwells. Yeah. And Frodo kind of clears this up a bit, says, well, Aragorn is the bearer of that sword. And we're the halflings that that uh, little verse was talking about. And so Faramore, of course, is still wanting more information. So, okay, well, then what is a Sealder's bane? And Frodo's not going to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Mm. Well, I liked what he mm-hmm. said. He said, that is hidden. Doubtless, it will mm-hmm. be made clear yep. in time. Still, For- anybody who is, even though may or may not be, they're, they're holding all this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, we've set off on a mission. I'm not telling you what that mission is. I, oh, also, I also feel like in this situation, Frodo is kind of taking a, a page out of Gandalf's book. Yeah. He's doing a little bit of uh, riddle speaking. Um, and, you know, not being straightforward and, and, and forthcoming, which, of course, you know, he, he doesn't know he doesn't know this Faramir character. Um, <laughs> how much information does he want to give out? But. Um, yeah, uh, basically, you know, Faramir seems satisfied enough, but says, well, OK, well, I got to go <laughs> um, and I'm going to leave these two to guard you here. And uh, basically, Faramir has to go off and, and, and ward off this attack that's impending yeah and they get this kind of like good view of this of this fight where Mm -hmm. uh 
more people are down there mm-hmm. and are fighting off. They had a word for them. It was, but I couldn't even when I was reading it, I couldn't quite. It was like south. It was like almost like southerner, but it was like south, southrons, south, southrons, southrons. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, there there are two guards here, uh, Mablung, which just a little fun thing. Do you, does does the name Mablung ring any bells in in your mind at all? It sounds like something from Harry Potter, which <laughs> I hate to say on this podcast, but yes, it reminds me of something from Harry Potter. For one. Well, it's actually from way back in the Silmarillion. Um, oh, really? So Ma- I was not Ma- thinking the right thing. <laughs> Mablung was uh, not not the same Mablung. No. Uh, Mablung was a chief captain of Thingol of Doriath. Um, if you remember one of those very last uh, Elven strongholds, yeah, yeah. So it's like poetry. Chase, I can't, I can't believe you didn't remember that. <laughs> it's like poetry, it rhymes. But anyway, because that was just, you know, um, yeah, Mablung. Wait, did you just make a George Lucas reference? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's on derail this. I mean, I, I always felt like stuff like that was intentional on Tolkien's part because, I mean. There, there has been singular. There, there have been multiple. I don't know. Maybe he's not doing that intentionally. Maybe he just kind of forgets. Well, no, I, I think this one is intentional, actually. Um, uh, this, but anyway, yeah. I mean, so this guard Mablung is, of course, not the same Mablung, no, no. but he, he's, he's, he's a guard. Uh, he and Damarad was the name of the other. Um, and yeah, uh, they're. They basically tell the hobbits a little bit about this enemy that they're fighting right now. Yeah, the Southrons, who are men who uh, have gone to the enemy, basically. Um, and they're kind of threatening to attack. And uh, so now they hear, kind of in the distance, but coming towards them, sounds of battle. And... Uh, Sam sort of scrambles up next to these guards so he can get a better view and see see what's going on, and kind of seems to regret doing so. Yes, because he start he sees like one guy get like shot in the throat with a with an arrow, and he's like, "I'm glad I can't see that dude's face." Yeah, and there's uh, I feel again a very important Sam character moment here. Um, he you know he he sees this dead soldier and he kind of wonders about him oh what, yeah that you know, was really cool what what was his okay. name and where did he come from and i, I know what you mean by cool. i meant to say interesting <laughs> yeah uh yeah he wonders ab- about the name of this soldier and uh where does he come from and what brought him to to have come to the side of the enemy um but he really doesn't have much time though to consider this <laughs> Because just as <laughs> Sam is getting really philosophical, uh, Boom, crash. he gets an answer to one of his wishes from earlier in that this, what is described basically as like kind of a hill clad in gray <laughs> uh, peaks over the kind of the path and kind of barrels down and arrows are flying off of its triple thick skin yeah. and of course it is an oliphant which damrod calls a mumak which is just like again another, another name for uh-huh. oliphant and 
Yeah, and Sam, so Sam sees this creature that he had just made reference to, you know, uh, last last chapter. And I really liked, again, this description of Sam kind of laying eyes on this thing for the first time. Uh, to his astonishment and terror and lasting delight are the words that are used as he sees this thing. Um, and it's, it's another really great moment, I feel like, within this universe. There are, you know, fantastical elements that happen and the people within the universe are awed at those fantastical elements you know sam has heard legend of an oliphant but he has never seen one and when he sees it it's kind of awe inspiring and slightly terrifying um throughout we've seen several times of people saying hobbits are the stuff of legend and fairy tale and you know kind of being surprised at, at seeing that they exist so that's kind of an a, an 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 interesting touch in within this universe that um, the uh, uh, the reaction that people have to these um, things of legend, even within a within a fantasy story. I, what I'm trying, I don't know what exactly what I'm trying to say. Well, and I liked then it got kind of a little romanticized or affectionate because it says what became of him sam never heard whether he escaped to roam the wild for a time until he perished far from his home or was trapped in some deep pit or whether he raged on until he plunged in the great river and was yeah (laughs) yeah and and in his kind of pride at witnessing this sam is like nobody back home will remember yeah 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 (laughs) but i i could i i have great a great story now of the day that i saw an oliphant um (laughs) And and then with that, uh, it kind of ends. Yeah, there's just a few other things that they like talk about, like how like Feanor need fa- fa- <laughs> Faramir. Who's who's Feanor? Who's Feanor? That's the guy who made the Silver Rules. There it? you go. Yeah, I don't know where I pulled that one <laughs> yeah. out of. Former Faramir. They're like, if he's if he's not injured, he'll be back up here soon. And then the chapter kind of well, ends. yeah. And then there's this question of, uh, are the hobbits going to be free to go? Oh yes. Um, you know, and 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 uh, Mablung kind of laughs and says, "Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if if the captain is going to leave you here." <laughs> so we get the sense that um, our hobbits are not necessarily free to go right now. And Gollum has kind of has straight up left them too. So mm-hmm. yeah, Gollum. Where is Gollum? He's nowhere to be found. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Where in time is oh. Gollum San Diego? <laughs> Except we're in the middle, middle earth, earth, yeah. anyway. All right. Well, with that, shall we transition into our favorites? <laughs> the part where, sorry, no, I was just thinking of Carmen Sandiego trying with a crowbar, trying to take out the Silmarils from <laughs> Melkor's head <laughs> while he's sleeping. That big yeah, red yeah, hat. Yeah. Yep. And a red coat. That's where my brain went to. <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> there was a moment. Okay, I'm just going to go with my favorite then. There was a moment, because I, I forgot to address it in the text, but when Sam wakes Frodo up, uh, it says, Frodo yawned and stretched. You should have been resting, Sam, he said, and lighting a fire was dangerous in these parts, but I do feel hungry. Hmm, can I smell it from here? What have you stewed? And Sam says, a present from Smeagol, a brace of young conies, the way fancy Gollum's regretting them now. <laughs> But there's not to go with them but a few herbs. I really liked that Sam has started kind of externally referring to the conflict mm-hmm. within Gollum. Because yeah. he's like, a mm-hmm. present from Smeagol? 
but I bet yeah, Gawler yes. he's understanding all this stuff. Yeah, and I think there there was again because you know Sam had quite a bit of interaction with Gollum on uh, Gollum slash Smeagol on his own in this chapter. Um, that uh, which again, which I talked about earlier, again they're having to rely on him, and Sam is having to trust him. And um, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you that he's acknowledging this uh, kind of internal dichotomy in this creature it's a um, good word it is a good concerning word concerning dichotomy i don't yeah i don't often get to use dichotomy. you know what this it's gonna be called it's gonna be called concerning potatoes <laughs> potatoes um i think that my favorite part of this chapter is that very brief moment that sam has to consider the dead soldier um because again i i think that it's it's such an important little small character moment that uh, gives us an insight into the kind of person that Sam is. Yeah, that was such a great bit. It was, it kind of, kind of gave me pause while I was reading it because it made you really self-reflective in many ways. Yeah. And you know, Sam is, Sam is, he, he's humanizing this person who is clearly has been established as, as an enemy, you know, and, you know this 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 dead soldier sees him and wonders what it was that brought him to 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 be this way yeah. and who is he he's a person what's his name even does he have a family oh sorry i thought i was going to interrupt you oh no i'm <laughs> finished <laughs> my favorite bit was simply the part where he was talking about how hobbits learn to cook some even before their letters and some even don't <laughs> even learn those so that was my favorite bit that was a great little bit <laughs> Again, showing what is most valuable in the mind of a hobbit. <laughs> I mean, if we go back to the very first chapter of The Hobbit, mm-hmm. we really got that there, too. So, <laughs> Just bringing it back home. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, any recommendations from outside the world of Tolkien? Uh, well, so I, I mean, all the sports this week for me, basically. Uh, so this past week was the world figure skating. Excuse me. I don't know what there is to like about a rain delay in the Yankees opening day. (laughs) (laughs) I did read about that. Uh, yeah, they were supposed to play my tigers. Um, and it didn't happen, but we're playing them Friday and Saturday now. So we're going to beat oh, you. Oh, so you're getting saying. Tigers versus Yankees early. Yeah, early so on. Blue Jays are playing the Yankees next week. Because so. <laughs> you know what? So, also, is my favorite thing from this week was you know, Blue Jays opening, opening day was mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday. And so mm-hmm. I've had four games with them playing the Tampa Bay Rays the past few days. Yeah, I see Tigers the, opening. The Bay Rays? Bay Rays, yep. The Bay Rays. Yeah, Tigers opening game was... Last night, wasn't it? What was yesterday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, sports and and uh, of course anyone who lists who's listened knows that we are all uh, uh at odds on, uh, <laughs> against each other's teams. So that's this is a great feud. I'm just saying there's <laughs> you can you can choose to be an American or you can choose to hate the Yankees. Well, to be fair, I don't have a leg to stand on because my favorite team is the Toronto Blue Jays. So. <laughs> And I am so alone in that. No one else likes the Blue Jays. Like people I know on Twitter. So, I mean, uh, even in my own family, my mom is a fan of the the Giants. My dad's a fan of the Texas Rangers. My sister's a fan of the Cardinals. 
And I like the Blue Jays. We so. we are a Detroit Tigers family because we are a family of good Americans. So hey, the the I got a friend of mine on Twitter, and I and I'm poking at her about this too about the Tigers, and the Tigers play the Blue Jays well, in June. So you know what? Bring I it. have two TV shows I can talk about. One, if you haven't been watching the the Last Man on Earth, oh, I would recommend checking it I out. To watch I that. really. I really enjoy it. It's very unusual. And I don't want to say that it's like weird because it's not weird. It's just you've never seen a network comedy like this before. And I'm really appreciating what it's doing and kind of the directions it's trying to take a sitcom. I will also watch as a proud Arkansan native. <laughs> wait, Arkansas native. Arkansan Ar- is, Arkansas is appropriate. Native. Yeah. yeah, but you wouldn't say Arkansan native. You would say native Arkansan. Yeah, that's true. So as a proud native Arkansan, I will watch anything with Mary Steenburgen in it. So I'm very happy to see her. But overall, the show is becoming quite lovely. And especially what it did in its Christmas, like mid-season finale was incredible. Wait, um, isn't it Arkansoyer? No. No. Okay, never mind. No. I've heard both. I'm sorry. I got confused. <laughs> the other show I'm enjoying is The Real O'Neills. And... I'm not really enjoying it because I think it's a good show. In fact, it's a pretty middle-of-the-road, very cliched sitcom. What I'm enjoying about it is that we've gotten to the point where you can have a sitcom that's about like a gay kid coming out and dealing with his Catholic family, and while him being like gay and kind of like in this very stereotypical way, like I appreciate that that can now just be kind of a half-hearted sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's uh, I, I'm glad you I'm, I'm interested that you said something about last minute earth because I've literally had no interest in watching that and hearing your recommendation may, gives me like more of like a push to actually watch that <laughs> the thing is like Will Forte's character is a jerk not as much of a jerk as like Larry David is in uh, okay. Curb Your Enthusiasm but his character is a jerk who constantly screws things up for himself but I'm still like really enjoying what the show okay. is doing so I think it's better in the second season but I think it's worth watching the first season also though if the first season doesn't gel with you it's not going to be like Parks and Rec where the second season is a huge okay. change in okay. either of you or did you have pretty um other than our baseball discussion, which is, you know, I mean, I would say ball. these past like four Blue Jays games were top, but but the Blue Jays only won two of them, and then they <laughs> lost the other two, so they're two for two right now. Um, well, for me, aside from baseball coming back this week, uh, this past week was also the World Figure Skating Championships, which were held in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, so you know, on home soil. I really, really wanted to go, but it's so expensive. Um, but anyway. Uh, it was it was the competition was fantastic i watched um, i was able to watch almost all of it live um uh via a service that i pay for um to watch it online and it was fantastic competition was amazing pretty much i mean the quality of of skating like was phenomenal um it's, you know, every now and then there will be a disappointing event where like no one really brings it. But in pretty much every event, it was like one skate after the other, just bam, 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 hitting everything. Uh, scores were going up, you know, and again, it's worlds. Scores are a little bit inflated, but that's part of the drama. That's part of the excitement. It was it was stellar. There were people who 
had not been competing all season because they didn't get released from their previous federations because they were moving to uh, um, to represent a different country and all of that kind of politics has to be involved. And then again, like the most exciting bit of the whole thing came down to it was the last event like yeah ladies free skate was the last event of the entire competition u.s ladies have not had a world medal in 10 years my girl ashley (laughs) wagner threw it down and i was screaming i was like in i i have never had this huge of like a physical response to like any sports event ever i would like i started for okay first before she skated um our other uh our other u.s lady went right before her and screwed up big time like she was in first place after her short program and she screwed up big time in her long so right before ashley skates i'm like laying face down on my (laughs) living room floor going oh my god it's not gonna happen because i you know either of these girls could have won a world medal and I was like, oh, God, okay. So then I'm like back up. Like, okay, Ashley, you have to do the thing. You have to do this. And so she starts skating. She hits her first couple of jumps. I'm like, okay. She Usually when she, when she hits her first couple of jumps, she's she's golden. And then like halfway through the program, she had a little bobble. And like I, I was so tense. Like my heart is beating out of my chest. And then like every she starts hitting the rest of her jumps. And I'm jumping up off my couch and screaming <laughs> and girl wins a silver medal first u.s ladies world medal in 10 years that's awesome it was it was the most exciting event i mean i again i i'm a figure skating fanatic i love every event that i watch but this was honestly like the most exciting event of the year and it was a worthwhile world's way to go that's awesome um but i have one thing that i feel like i have to at least reference this because i feel like i should Mm -hmm. I saw my big fat Greek wedding too last Friday. Oh yeah, I loved it. Oh, how was it? In the it? way of, let's just say it's not a vast improvement over the first movie. It's just if you like the first one, you will like this one equally. It's just they just stay the course. It's kind of it's not the exact same movie, but it just feels like, hey, I like that first my big fat Greek wedding a lot, and this mm-hmm. one just feels like just I can just keeps going, just same level all the way through. Um, there was some, they put in a nice little like avenue in there for like, like the story is, is like the, the main character's parents turn out that they never, like their priest in Greece never signed their marriage documents, meaning they're not married. Mm -hmm. So they're getting like remarried and it's a whole like character building and stuff. It's very simple storyline, but the characters are great and I love it. Um, but they throw in a nice little avenue for my big fat Greek wedding three. I just wish they would use some more clever writing. Let's just say it would be nice if they have the third one. They call it my big fat Greek gay wedding. <laughs> Bot no, they have another in. Like one of the characters comes out in in this one. And so I was like, uh, oh, oh, I okay. could see. Hey, wait, is yeah. Joey Fatone back in the movie? I'm not saying anything. He's, <laughs> He's not going to tell us anything. I want, I want to watch it, though. On, like, okay. uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is like one of my favorite <laughs> silly movies. My favorite part in the whole movie, though, <laughs> there's know. this great... I'm not going to say exactly what to say, but there's this part where he, where the where the father, I can't remember his name, is in physical therapy, and he's talking about how great the Greeks were, and he's sitting next to someone who's um, from Iran, who's like, no, the Iranians... Are 
were way better than the Greeks were <laughs> 3,000 years before. And then, like, one guy, he's from China. And it's like, we had everything figured out before you. And then, like, this guy who's, like, from Scotland going, like, you guys wouldn't have penicillin if it wasn't for us. And they have this, like, <laughs> argument back with each other. And I thought that, that part was really funny. I was also, like, laughing the hardest throughout that movie, too. But I was also jacked on caffeine. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I do have one discussion question that I want you guys to think about before we get to the next episode. And it is um, who in the real world better represents the the wonderful spirit that is is Gandalf, uh, and your options are Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter. Well, are you? I am. This is the no, most no, no, insulting. The, that, the, the, the right answer is Jose Bautista. I, I feel like I I know I'm. I'm too insulted to form words right now. You have, you have done a horrible, a horrible thing. Question. You oh have done God. a horrible, horrible thing. All right. Mm. Well, I will uh, not justify that. Wolf. With that, I feel like it's time to end this episode. <laughs> what would Gandalf do? He would slap John. <laughs> it was too easy. I'm sorry. It was just too easy. All right, and because uh, Manway is punishing Kitty and Chase for not being a Yankees fan, their recording has suddenly stopped working, so I'm just going to finish this episode uh, by myself. So I want to send a thank you to all of our patrons, Devin Mann, Ariel Alm, Brian Osborne, Ji Ying Fua, Kyle Thompson, Michael Smith, Jacob Verma, Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Mike Williams, Avon McMaster, and Micah. I'm John. That's Katie, and that's Chase. And we will come back next week with Chapter 5, The Window on the West. This has been Talking Tolkien, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com, and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We do our best to respond to each email, so please let us know about your thoughts, theories, and themes you'd like us to discuss in the show. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would particularly appreciate it if you would give us a rating on iTunes, as it really helps us to show up in searches and reach a new audience. We also have a Patreon page, where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help our podcast grow. Through your generous support, we've been able to purchase many new pieces of equipment, helping us bring you a better-sounding, more professional podcast. Nothing makes us more excited than a new pledge, and we greatly appreciate all the support we've received so far. What we need is a few good taters. What's taters, Brussels? What's taters, huh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, boil them, boil them, boil them, mash them, boil them, boil them, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, boil them, boil them, potato, 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 potato. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Potato, potatoes. What's Taters on? Taters. What's Taters on? Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew.